the impossibility of there being experience and yet the undeniability of the radiant nature of experience itself, that it is baseless. Um, but even then we can reify as a view baseless radiance. It's interesting in Dzogchen, I, I don't know a lot about Dzogchen, but often if you read about Dzogchen, they'll talk about um, uh, the base. They talk about a base being there. And then at some point it's, it's, it's described that there's also no base, which is really important. Um, but that doesn't, that's not the, that's not the opposite of there being a base. So baselessness is not the opposite of there being a base. Uh, I would say like impermanence is, is, um, is a correction for a fundamental or a, a, a maybe not completely fundamental, but a very deeply, uh, established sense we have in our mental processing that things are permanent, that there is a, there's a permanence to, to experience and phenomenon. And so the doctrine of impermanence or the realization of impermanence, most importantly, is a correction for that. But it also doesn't mean there's something called impermanence. <laughs> so you have to let go of that. That has to be also dissolved. That would be this, similar to dissolving baseless radiance. Kevin Chanelik had a nice way of saying it. He's like, you know, you can look at this and say, um, when you look, when you see just this, and if you really can see, just see just the, just the, the, um, the scene there, um, is there anything about that that appears impermanent? Is there anything about it that appears, appears permanent? Right. It's very simple. <laughs> it's so simple. It's hard. Um, so, uh, it, there's just no words for this, but it's like a, it's, it's sort of a free fall, but it's, but you, you even have to let go of free fall. It's almost like entering the world of the impossible and then everything is possible. And then again, again, and again, and again, and again, um, freed from delusive hindrance and where that actually leads you is indescribable or that leads is a world of indescribability of impossibility. Um, and yet magically it appears just like this appears magically. This appears rather magical actually when the illusions of permanence, um, perpetuity, solidity, and division, time and space, when those illusions fall away, this actually appears quite magical. It is really a magic trick and I don't know who's doing it. <laughs> it's doing itself. That's the, that's the really wild part. Um, and you could say that that's just the beginning where that goes and how that goes and how that proceeds, uh, effortlessly and endlessly into itself is not within the realm of description nor not, nor does it have to be, um, will allow that exploration to continue on and on. Um, the only thing that will allow it is to fully relinquish the self structure before that this you'll, 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 you'll sense it and you'll get tastes of it, but it will, a view will continue to form somehow. An inherent view of experience will, will form somehow. It'll form a little bit and then dissolve and form and dissolve. Um, but once that self-structure, the fundamental self-structure is out of the way, um, this becomes pretty clear, actually. It's not even happening in time. Time, time and space are, are sort of a, in my experience, time and space are a, um, a way that we can talk about that. Right. A way that we can put it together with math, with physics, with conventional language. There's a point in a mark in the spiritual, like maturity of an individual practitioner, let's say, that 
um, a, a point in time, maybe it's not one exact point, but it's a space in time where practice definitely changes from something that feels quite intentional to, some, to, to, to very much the opposite. It's the spontaneity itself, the allowance of the spontaneity to carry itself forward. That's what, that's what drives it. So the Dharma wheel turns itself at that point. And all we can do is stay out of its way. <laughs>